Look out, Rangers. I'm your host, Jacob Cyrus, and as always, thank you for listening. Guys, it is October the 2nd of 2020, and boy, oh boy, we've got two great games to discuss tonight. One being on right now, I'm having to postpone my radio listen for this podcast because I didn't even get to discuss the game from last night. And I ain't talking about the Dodgers and Brewers. We already knew what was going to happen that game. We knew the Brewers didn't stand a chance. I was right about that for once. I'm talking about that survival match between the Padres and the Cardinals. But before I get into that, let's talk about today's Chicago Cubs-Miami upset out in Wrigley Field. Holy crap. Holy crap. I did not see this coming. Especially at Wrigley. I mean, I just, I don't know. (sighs) Let's go ahead and get into it, y'all. The intensity showed up fashionably late at Wrigley Field today, other than the throw at home plate in the bottom of the fourth from a broken bat liner to right field by Jason Hayward as Wilson Contreras tried to score from second, but the throw was on the money by right fielder Matt Joyce as Chad Wallach was able to reach out for the tag, saving the would-be lead by Chicago. That's as close as the Cubbies will get to home plate all game. Holy moly. I ain't kidding, guys. I mean, this right here was just, I mean, this was like on par with Cincinnati luck. Um, 6-0 Sanchez for the Marlins would, however, find trouble in the very next inning as he gave up a couple singles and hit the next batter, Contreras, to load the bases. However, with two outs of insurance, Sanchez keep his composure and drum up a pop fly to left field, pissing off Kyle Schwarbler to no end as he committed on the 2-2 ball low and out of the zone, slamming his bat in frustration. I've slammed my bat in games that meant a lot less, so I can only imagine how pissed off he was at himself for feeling like he let the team down. Let's just go ahead and get back into it, y'all. I ain't got time for that. Things would finally turn up for the Marlins lineup in the top of the 7th, But not before starting pitcher Hugh Darvish for the Cubs would manage two outs before giving up a solo home run over left field to Garrett Cooper for the first lead of the game. Matt Joyce, the next batter, would line one out to left field, but center fielder Ian Happ would take charge only to watch it deflect off his glove, giving Joyce the extra bases for a double. Darvish would then intentionally walk Miguel Rojas, enabling the force out, but Magnuris Sierra would wind up sneaking one past First and second for an RBI single that would score Lewis Brinson, the pinch runner for Joyce, making it a 2-0 lead for Miami and retiring Darvish for the day as he was replaced by Craig Kimbrell, who struck out the next batter with runners on the corners. Darvish would finish pitching just under seven innings, allowing five hits, two walks, and the only two earned runs of the game. In the bottom of the ninth, Jason Hayward would Try to resuscitate life back into the Cubs' dugout as he led off with a sharp liner to the left field fence for a stand-up double. But it would be the closer, Brandon Kinsler, who would pull the plug on any late comeback as he would strike not one out, not two, but three consecutive batters advancing the Marlins to the NLDS as they will go on to face the heavy-hitting Braves in a best-of-five. There you have it. Here's some tidbits. The Marlins lost over 105 games last year. Alright, they go from doing that in 19. Also, speaking of 19, they had 19 players come down with COVID-19. That's a lot of 19s. 
that's a lot of facts for some 19s. <laughs> but they're pretty much smacking adversity right across the face with that. Note that also, anytime they have made it to the postseason, and this is to my best knowledge, I didn't Wikipedia this, uh, this is just me pulling it out of thin air. Anytime they've made it to the postseason, I believe, don't quote me on this, but let it be known that they ended up winning the World Series. I don't know how true that is, but it sounded good, so I'm running with it. Whatever. <laughs> All right, that pretty much concludes it up for Chicago. I was totally, you know, uh, mind you know what, after the Cubs just, I don't even know, man. I have no idea how to explain that. I mean, I I didn't think they were going to get swept at Wrigley. All right, let's go ahead and get into last night's survival match oh my gosh it was comical to hear see what happened was i didn't start listening to that game until about the sixth inning i just like i had stuff going on didn't get home till late ate dinner and put it on the game and uh, i just caught the tail end of things so while i was at work i put the earbuds on listened to it from start to finish and uh yeah here we go it was comical to hear san diego's radio host essentially unknowingly foreshadow the irony behind his claim on starting pitcher Zach Davies' reliability for the club. He has been reliable. I'm not going I'm, I'll give him that. He's been reliable. It's been that's true. But he went on to say he never gives up many runs at all. And in his defense, Davies hadn't given up runs in consecutive innings until last night. That's postseason, baby. That's postseason for you. Starting off, he would put runners on base with a single and a walk as Yadier Molina singled out to right field scoring Tommy Edmond to start off the game. In the very next inning, after no answer from the Padres lineup, veteran Matt Carpenter would double on a liner to right field as Harrison Bader would be the one driving him home on an RBI single to center field, advancing on the throw to home, essentially trading places with Carpenter at second. It wouldn't matter what base Bader ended up on, however, as Colton Wong would jack one down the right field line for a home run, being his only second for the entire 2020 season that's crazy man hit one in the regular season and not do anything until postseason that's just wild man uh a mound visit would be an order for the padres as they assumed davies wouldn't be in near as much trouble as he'd gotten into this early so he'd retire the next two on strikeouts after regaining composure to get out of the inning but he wouldn't see another one as he was replaced by relief pitcher pierce johnson Things wouldn't get started for the Padres until the bottom of the fourth as starting pitcher Adam Wainwright would load the bases off three straight singles. Will Myers would ground into a fielder's choice to third baseman Edmund as he laid out and tagged third, but he couldn't get the double play with the throw to first and Eric Hosmer would go on to score. Wainwright would then walk Austin Nola to juice the bases a second time in the inning as he would be taken out of the game and the Cardinals would insert Austin Gomber with the cards stacked against him. Uh, not literal. The, fig- the figurative cards stack. Whatever. Whatever. Gomber would fail to retire Jake Cronenworth with a 3-2 ball way off the plate, guys. Walking in a run, cutting the Cardinals' lead in half from the start of the inning, 4-2. In the sixth, Dexter Fowler would put one in the right field corner as Paul DeYoung and Matt Carpenter, who walked prior, would advance and extend the lead by one. 
with Fowler on second and Carpenter on third, Colton Wong would bloop one down the first baseline as relief pitcher Matt Strom would make the toss just in time at first, however, scoring Carpenter and advancing Fowler. It'd be Garrett Richards, would he would end up being substituted into the game and finish off Edmund on a GB to second. Things would really start to heat up, though, guys. We're cooking now. Things would really start to heat up from this point on as Genesis Cabrera would walk both Nola and Cronenworth, but managing a strikeout on Trent Grisham, who's just been flat. He's been flat all postseason. The Cardinals would make the call and pull Cabrera, replacing him with Giovanni Gallegos. I believe it's Gallegos, double L. <sighs> I'm doing the best I can as a, uh, a privileged white male. <laughs> On a 2-2 pitch, Fernando Tatis Jr. would rip one out in left field for a three-run blast, guys. And then Manny Machado would come up to bat next and finally get the hit he'd been looking for all night as he evened the score 6-6 with a missile out in left center. All right. Nobody's in the stands, but it just got electric. That's really just been the adjective, the adjective I use whenever I think of the Padres. San Diego would come back in the seventh, still running off the adrenaline from the inning before, as Will Myers would launch one in left field for the go-ahead lead, 7-6, off Daniel Ponce de Leon. PDL would walk Nola right after, but managed to wipe his specs off and grab two Ks bringing up Tatis Jr. a second time, okay? Lightning would strike twice for El Nino as he goes oppo with a two-run homer after battling the full count. Dog, I love these Padres. I swear they are the funnest team to watch in baseball, and I fell in love with watching them whenever they beat us like a drum this season. I'm talking about the Rangers series. That four-game series where they like had like 13 home runs, like two grand sl- I know they had four. Yeah, Every game in that series, we gave up a grand slam. I mean, I just I, I love watching them. They're the funnest team to watch in baseball. That bat flip was flat out nasty and well warranted at the same time. The Padres nine to six going into the eighth. You think you'd seen enough until the Cardinals rallied late off mental and throwing errors to put runners on second and third with no outs. Harrison Bader would do his job with sack flying out in center field to score Carpenter cutting the deficit to two. Colton Wong would come up clutch again in the game as he also sacked fly to center field, scoring Fowler, who tagged second on the pop-up earlier. This would conclude the gimme runs committed by the Padres' defense, making it only a one-run game. It's the eighth inning, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? However, the Padres would continue beating their chest, saying, this ain't over. That's a Coach Carter reference. I think Cruz did that. This ain't over. Jerickson Profar, who hadn't made much noise all game, singled on a sharp GB to left. Cody Whitley would come in to nab the last out, but not before Will Myers had anything to say about it. He launched his second homer over the center field fence to regain the three-run lead for the Padres 11-8. Top of the ninth, it's crunch time as Trevor Rosenthal, the centerpiece of that giant trade that took place at the deadline, would face off the RBI king himself, Paul Goldschmidt. All right, that guy plagued Cincinnati when he was on the Diamondbacks for years, man. I think there were like, I think two or three seasons, like consecutive seasons where he had like over 100 RBIs, man. This guy is a freaking champ. Nobody would be on to score, however, 
as he led off the inning, so he did what he had to and drove himself home with a bomb in left field, making it 11-9 there in the top of the ninth inning, guys. Paul Goldschmidt. Dylan Carlson would go on to walk, followed by a right field single to Molina, putting runners on first and second, okay? So now we got a ball game, man, here in the top of the ninth. You feel me? However, DeYoung would pop up for an infield fly roll, being the first out to the Cardinals, and then Matt Carpenter, who touched base all night, couldn't find a way on as he struck out swinging, and it would come to an end for St. Louis after a position three unassisted ground ball to put this one in the decider match that's going on as we speak. I'm talking about the game that's going on. It's probably like in the third or fourth inning. Let's get, let's just get out of here and go watch that game. What do you say? This determines the final team to advance. And I'm all in for San Diego, y'all. I'm all in for them. Grisham, uh, right before I started the podcast, Grisham watched strike three with the bases loaded in the bottom of the second with two outs in tonight's game. So we're just going to see what happens, man. I'm rooting for San Diego for this postseason. That's my team. In fact, believe it or not, I ordered a Tatis Jr. top. Don't tell my Rangers. Later, y'all.